welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Potter Discussion. I am your host, Oscar, and here on the Potter Discussion, we discuss some of Harry Potter's deepest and darkest theories, tidbits, and little Easter eggs you might have missed, and you probably did. Woo! (laughs) Today, I am very excited for the theory that we have in store, because it's one of the greats. This is about the 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 tale of the three brothers. Now, this that story is something that has really defined the Harry Potter really timeline as a whole. Uh, it highlighted the Deathly Hallows, the three brothers, Harry's um, like ancestors, and it's just such a big part of the story. But I'm going to share with you today about how I think it is even more. It isn't just a story that Harry and his friends look to to find the hollows. It's actually kind of a prediction of how the entire story goes. And that's something that is so cool. And I think it is extra, extra awesome. So I'm excited. Let's do it. The True Meaning of the Tale of the Three Brothers The tale of the three brothers became a huge point of interest in the Deathly Hollows because Harry and his friends went after the three Deathly Hollows. But, strangely enough, the tale of the three brothers doesn't just seem to be a story. Before we begin, I will tell you the story of the three brothers. Three brothers, Antioch, Cadmus, and Ignotus Peveril, were walking down a path at midnight or twilight. Finding their path blocked by a river, the three brothers conjured a bridge to pass. Feeling cheated, death appeared to them in rage that three people escaped his clutches. But death was cunning. He congratulated the brothers on their skill and wit and gave them one wish each. The oldest brother, Antioch, wished for a wand like no other, possessing power beyond anything known to man. Cadmus, the middle brother, wished for a stone of resurrection to bring back those he had lost. And finally, Ignotus, the youngest, simply asked for something that would allow him to go on from that place without being followed by death. The second brother got the resurrection stone, and the third brother got Death's own invisibility cloak. It was grudging, but Death handed over his own cloak of invisibility. The three brothers parted ways. Antioch, the oldest brother, soon found his way to a tavern, where he spectacularly defeated another wizard in magical duel. He boasted of the power he possessed. And that night, he was killed, and death took him as his own. The second brother, Cadmus, summoned his deceased bride. However, soon after returning to the land of the living, she faded back into death, not belonging in that world. The second brother hung himself in despair. Death took the second brother as his own. Death then waited for the third and final brother to die and enter death. But it wasn't until Ignotus took off the cloak of invisibility and gave it to his son that he met death and died a peaceful 
death with death as his equal. So much, the word death, honestly, I said the word death so much, but anyways, <laughs> the, the story of the three brothers focuses on the greed in people and how having brains is mostly better than having brawn. For this theory, I would like to tell you why. All four characters have a real-life equivalent. I would like to start with death. Who could that be? Well, the embodiment of death is Dumbledore. There are three brothers to deal with, too, however. Ignotus is Harry. Cadmus is Snape. And Antioch is Voldemort. There's a lot to take in, but we'd better get started. So, Dumbledore being death is a great place to begin. The overarching story of both Harry Potter and the tale of the three brothers are very similar where death and the brothers are concerned. Death and Dumbledore give three people items, and they use their items right up until their inevitable demise. Death give Antioch the Elder Wand where he boasts and is killed over it. Dumbledore gives the wand to Voldemort, in a way, and he died because of that. Death also gave Cadmus the Resurrection Stone that, that killed him too. Dumbledore provided protection as well for Snape's loved ones, namely Lily. And finally, Death, Death gives Ignotus the Invisibility Cloak, which he wears right up until he died. Dumbledore did the exact same thing for Harry. The plotline alone is evidence enough for this theory, but there is, in fact, more. I want to talk about the intentions of both Death and Dumbledore. Death's goal was to keep the scales in balance. The people who should have died, Death will try to get them killed. And although not as harsh, Dumbledore's plan was for himself... Voldemort, Snape, and Harry to all die. It's not that the exact same thing. The way it was carried out and the motives behind it were different, but the outcome is still the same. Death got the three brothers killed. So did Dumbledore. His plan was for Snape to get the Elder Wand. Dumbledore knew that Voldemort would kill Snape and then get killed himself because of it. Dumbledore also intended for Harry to get killed so the Horcrux inside of him could be destroyed. My final piece of evidence is really for every one of the brothers. All of them relate to Dumbledore in the same way the story does. When Harry is killed, he is brought into a simulation of death. There he sees Dumbledore. It's pretty odd. But it gets stranger. In the pensive scene in the Deathly Hollows, Harry sees Snape and Dumbledore on a mountaintop. Snape arrives first, and when Dumbledore gets there a second later, the first words Snape says are, Don't kill me. Why would Snape assume that the great and noble Dumbledore would kill him? Dumbledore does tell Snape many things. Snape might have begun to notice the very slight offness of Dumbledore. 
Finally, Voldemort. This one is very simple. The only thing that Voldemort has ever feared is death. And the one person that he is afraid of is Dumbledore. And there you go. That one is just so crazy because the tale of the three brothers relates almost 0% to the Harry Potter story. Like, well, at first glance, I should add that. At first glance, those two stories have nothing alike. But, of course, with this theory, that all just flips around and we can see how much those two stories are actually so tightly bound. I think especially it is interesting to see how Dumbledore's plan involved so much intentional death. And it was the fact that Draco actually got the Elder Wand was why um, his Dumbledore's whole plan got kind of knocked off the rails and Harry eventually won. And I'm not saying that Dumbledore intended for Voldemort to win, I'm just saying that it might have not been the best plan for Snape, uh, Harry, and Voldemort to just all be killed. But when Draco got the wand, Voldemort and Snape were, like, doomed to be killed. And Harry, of course, was destined to die anyway. So I think Dumbledore knew that a lot of death had to happen, and he figured he might as well uh, kind of like dole it out in the most effective way that is possible. Another interesting point is the second brother and death, or Snape and Dumbledore, because I think those two characters in every story have the most closely related timeline and interactions. So, Death gives Cadmus the Resurrection Stone to bring back his deceased bride, but his bride actually doesn't really want to be living, so she dies, she kind of dies a second time, and then Snape, not, not Snape, the Cadmus, definitely, uh, he, he dies later, and that's almost exactly what happened to Snape with Dumbledore, so Dumbledore says, I'll protect Lily, that didn't do anything, and Lily died. Snape then was stricken with grief, so he, of course, I don't think it was the cause, but he did eventually die as the result of another one of Dumbledore's plans. So, the correlation of these, like, characters in relation with each other are, I think, why this theory works so well. And actually, a fun fact is, um, Harry is actually related to Cadmus and not Ignotus. Really weird, but that's how it works. Another quick final thing before we wrap this up is, I just want to clear, well, not really clear up, but give a better explanation of how all the characters relate to their counterparts. So, to start with Dumbledore and Death, we see Death, because he's really like, in some scenes, he's literally pulling the strings, but he is really doing everything in his power to make sure that the some scales, so to speak, stay in balance, um, living people stay living, and then when they die, they stay that way. So, death is really the overarching force in the tale of the three brothers that enforces the story. 
And, I mean, Dumbledore, maybe not as influential, but he still is really, he's such a big part of the story. He really makes, he, he makes all these intricate plans. He protected the Sorcerer's Stone. He figures out so much, and he's so smart, that he can do almost as much as death himself can. And Voldemort and Antioch, I mean, they both, like, want as much power as possible, and they both were killed because of it. Antioch had the uh, Elder Wand, and he killed someone, and then he was killed in his sleep because he was so, he was, like, drunk with power. And that's the same thing that happened with Voldemort. Voldemort could not get enough power and raise his own power level he just needed as much as he could get. So he made, like, more Horcruxes than is humanly possible. He got the most powerful wand, but he still was defeated by his enemy, Death. Which is actually Dumbledore. And it still happens with those two characters. And finally, not finally, actually, Cadmus and Snape. Cadmus just, he didn't want power, he didn't want protection, he just wanted to be happy with his loved ones. And Snape, like, Lily was his life. Lily was so nice to him, and they were best friends until he kind of messed up and called her a mudblood, and then they really separated, but Snape still had so many feelings for Lily in their later lives, and that's why Snape wanted her protected by Dumbledore so much. And the same thing happened with Cadmus, and they both were killed. Finally, this is actually finally, I'm not kidding, <laughs> Ignotus and Harry. This actually isn't that much of a stretch, because both want to stay hidden. They both want to stay under the radar, but still have a great effect. They don't, like, they don't rely on their great spellcasting ability or the fact that like Ron said, if you're in a duel, you just throw away your wand and punch him on the nose. <laughs> so, I think both of those two characters have the same goals and ideas in their mind that allow them to do exactly what both of them did. Well, there you have it. If you have any questions, comments, or theories that you would like to hear on the podcast, you can definitely send me an email. My email is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. If you, if you want more of a, of a one-on-one format, you can send me a DM. My Instagram is at thepotterdiscussion. That is at thepotterdiscussion. If you want your review read on the podcast... How about you leave one? If it isn't five stars, please tell me what I am doing wrong. But if it is, tell me what I am doing right so I can continue to bring you this awesome content that you are hearing right now. Stay tuned. We have so much awesome content coming your way, directly your way, in fact. So, anyways, as always, use this information to your advantage, and I'll see you later.